0: Let's dump this truck Back it up, back it up Let's dump this truck Hello and welcome to Bad Romance, I'm Jordane Searles And I'm Bronwyn Isaac And this week, wow, we
1: are, we're really, we're really getting into it <laughs> we are this this time we're getting into it and it is the late 90s it is also jennifer aniston and paul rudd in the late 90s the movie is 1998's the object of my affection
0: directed by nicholas heitner who also directed the crucible center stage and the lady in the van
1: I love okay I don't know anything about the lady in the van but I love that as a title I just want to put that out there it's like
0: a it's a Maggie Smith movie and you know we love we love Maggie Smith here oh yeah absolutely so yeah this is (laughs) object to my affection it stars Paul Rudd Jennifer Aniston Steve Zahn Alan Alda Allison Janney, John Pankow, Hayden Panettiere
1: is briefly in it. Tim Daly is here again, like he was last week. (laughs) Yeah, he's just hanging out with us for a few weeks, you know, kicking off the new year.
0: And we've got Nigel Hawthorne. That was... Was like a legendary British actor, and he's great in this. I love. I actually, Nigel Hawthorne might be one of my favorite characters.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he plays Rodney. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely. If I had to pick one character to for sure get a beer with, it would be him. Um, definitely. This was a request by um, Asta Nisonen, and I'm so sorry because I know I said your name probably wrong, but if I said it right, please tell me on Twitter so that I can stop having a panic attack about ruining your name.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) And And so,
1: thank you for requesting and I hope that our dive gives you the edification or the cringe that you need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, this was written by Wendy Wasserstein and Stephen Macaulay and they don't really have a ton of other writing credits, which makes sense because this movie has a big writing problem but it's but it's strange because it's one of those New York movies kind of like in the vein of like a Woody Allen movie where there's all these people and we're getting so much of New York and it's very fast-paced and the dialogue goes by fast and it's like it's weird because it's not You can tell it's people who know how to write, but it's in service of a story that really gets backed into a corner early on and that never really gets out of that corner. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And it's interesting because so this was adapted from the novel of the same name, The Object of My Affection, which was written by Stephen McCauley, like you said. Um, so he, you know, worked on both the adaptation and the book. And so book came out in 1987, so a decade earlier, which I do feel like kind of informs some of the politics around just, like, how people understand a gay man. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it, because so much of the problem, I mean, we'll dive into it, so much of the writing problem with this movie is just, like, people not understanding that Paul Rudd's character is, in fact, gay. <laughs> And then, also the fact that bisexual people just truly do not exist.
0: I mean, I wonder if this is kind of like written. I mean, I don't know because i don't I don't know this man. I don't know if it was like written from like a queer perspective of like like kind of like based on like his experience. <laughs> like I wonder if it's in somewhat somewhat a reaction to. How people acted when when he came out as gay, or people being weird about it—that's the only way that I
1: could. That's kind of what I thought. It's like it's not. It doesn't feel like the movie is saying these are the limits of how people's sexualities express themselves. It's more just like this is how people have been framing it. Which I mean, to be fair, that's accurate for the nineties. Yeah, and it's interesting. And I do think that the relationship of a straight woman and a gay man having like a codependent friendship that crosses boundaries. That's a very real thing. I've, I've been in uh, friendships like that. Not not on this level at all. <laughs> but like that's there's definitely a dynamic here that you don't see actually explored a lot. And that part of the movie is compelling to me. It's just the way that it's explored that made me scream at jennifer aniston which maybe was the purpose
0: oh yeah i wasn't screaming but the bear was doing enough screaming for the both
1: of us the bear and the brawn were screaming
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so this movie begins paul rudd is a teacher and he also, like, directs school plays. It's, like, one of those teachers who, you know, like, genuinely loves his job and loves spending more time at school, which, very nice. And... Jennifer Aniston is a social worker working at a community center and she lives in Brooklyn and all of the girl like she's there's like all these like cut twos of her talking to like black teenage girls giving them advice on like love and sex and it's really interesting because the advice that she gives these girls is really good and really practical. and yet yes this woman. yes. Does not know what she's doing in any other sense.
1: (laughs) That's the fascinating. And I think that's an element of the script that I both thought was well done because, like, I think a lot of us are like that. Like, you can give advice, but then your own life is different. But at the same time, it also was one of the things about her character that was the hardest to watch was the disconnect between her sitting with these teens and saying, You know, if you're going to have sex, have sex, be safe, take care of yourself. Um, But don't let any guy pressure you into anything you don't want. Don't let a guy, you know, waste your time. And then to turn around and just as an adult woman have no grasp of her own emotional needs. And
0: just really just waste her own time. We watch her waste her own time for like so much of this movie. It's 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 very bizarre. So, yeah, she's working at the community center Paul Rudd's putting on a play and he's looking for his boyfriend who doesn't make it to the play. And, you know, he's disappointed. So that so that sets up the fact that that boyfriend played by Tim Daly isn't going to be around for much. Can we talk about
1: how his boyfriend's name is Jolie? Jolie. (laughs) I can't handle it.
0: it, It's it. It's ungodly. Like, (laughs) like, I'm just
1: going to assume that name was in the book because it's a name that you can write in a book, but not in a movie. (laughs)
0: Because everybody keeps on calling him, the, like, his name is Dr. Robert Jolie. So, like, why don't they just call him, like, Rob? Like, why do we have to have, why does it have to be Jolie?
1: Yeah, Jolie makes me, like, that name, for some reason, makes me feel violently angry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like, so Jolie doesn't come. Later, he goes to, Paul Red goes to a party that is... Hosted by um, Allison and Janney and Alan Alda, and Allison and Janney is Jennifer Aniston's stepsister. Yes. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where, like, Allison and Janney and Alan Alda are like upper crust and they have their upper crust friends, and Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd are the only two people there that, you know, live in a very low tax bracket. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like they bond because like everybody's kind of name dropping. There's like this very like kind of pretentious thing where somebody's like asking about Paul Rudd's job and it's very obvious. They're just kind of like, oh, okay, you don't have anything to offer me like very much that energy. And so Jennifer Aniston comes up to him and is like kind of mocking one of the other people. And, you know, in that bonding way you do at a party. And so they they meet and she offhandedly mentions, she's like, yeah, I was sitting next to your boyfriend and he said you might be looking for a place to live soon. And Paul Rudd's like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, I mean, I have an extra room. I mean, I realize we don't know each other, but you know, I've, whatever. And, and so this is of course how Paul Rudd finds out that Jolie, Jolie, Jolie. all the nerve Jolie, Jolie is about to dump him.
0: <laughs> Jolie. <laughs> Just
1: motherfucking Jolie.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so that's how he finds out. And then they have the whole breakup scene and the breakup scene is so weird because, like, Jolie comes off like he does not care if Paul Rudd lives or dies. Like,
1: <laughs> just like. He's so cold. Yeah. And he and he acts like inconvenienced by Paul Rudd's confusion and his feelings.
0: Yeah. I'm just, so I was like, immediately just like, what the fuck? what the fuck is going on with this dude? And Jolie's
1: like, basically, I'm going to date my student. And Paul Rudd's like, dude, what the hell? Also, why did I find out about this from a woman who I don't even know? And Jolie's just, like, gaslighting. He's just like, oh well, oh, this is why I didn't want to tell you. Like, instead of apologizing, he's like, oh, this is so annoying that you're reacting to this really emotional information. sir."
0: Yeah, and also just how nonchalant he is about being with this student. Like, he doesn't find it to be stereotypical at all. He doesn't feel the need to, like, comment on the fact that he is a cliché. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go be with oh, my student. Yeah. Like, it's the most normal thing in the world. It's like, no, you are being a cliché right Right yeah
1: you're you're being a cliche you're not yeah and you're not thinking about the power dynamic of that and how you're kind of exploiting that power dynamic you're just such a douche that you don't seem to care
0: yeah yeah this guy's this guy sucks so polra does end up moving in with jennifer aniston and they become besties and it's it's cute for a little bit. It is, it yeah. Is.
1: I mean, you do believe them as besties. Like, they're both, I mean, you all know Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. They're both very charming actors. And and like you said, Jardine, the writing in this, there's a lot of really funny one-liners. Like, the dialogue in this movie is really good, in my opinion, and feels very lived in. So it really works for establishing their friendship. And, of course, during this time, Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend is Vince, played by John Pank. Pankow. Pen, why can't I say things today? <laughs> John Pankow. Uh, John Pankow. And he's kind of like joking at first. He's like, why won't you let me move in if you let this random gay guy move in? And that joke quickly becomes like an awkwardness where Vince is like, no, but seriously, what's going on with our relationship? And this is when things really start to turn. OK, so there's a few things going on. So Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd get really close. And at first, you know, if if you haven't read the log line for the movie, then you'd just be like, oh, cool. We love it. You know, best friends. Great. But if you've read the log line, then you know that the chickens are coming to roost and The chickens are Jennifer Aniston forming an unhealthy attachment to Paul Rudd that is obviously based on the delusion that they can be a couple. And if they can't be a couple, she can kind of possess him in a very specific kind of monogamous way. And so Anne, at the same time, she refuses to actually communicate with Vince about the fact that she is driven crazy by him. Like, there's no moment in this movie where I feel like she actually likes him. And and the conceit in the writing is that Vince can be a little annoying, like he'll he'll give unsolicited opinions and kind of tell people what to do, and it can be condescending, and that is like definitely an annoying trait. But Jennifer Aniston and, and like he doesn't listen to Jennifer Aniston enough, but it's just weird to me that she just doesn't dump him, like like for a good at least 15 20 minutes in the movie they're together and she's always pissed off
0: <laughs> yeah i don't understand that everybody's just sitting around watching her hate her boyfriend and the thing is is that part of the reason she doesn't like alice janney is because alice Janney is constantly trying to get her to be with someone who isn't him like yeah. who is her boyfriend and like at first it seems like oh she's just being snobby and being like he's not a suitable mate but it's no it's really Alice and Jenny be observing that they don't work observing that like Jennifer Aniston always seems miserable around John Pancow so it's like once it's just the other thing that we're not supposed to like about it. It's like, no, I'm on her side. I also want you to break up with him because you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Because
1: I feel like Allison Janney is just like, I hear you complain the same thing about this guy all the time. Why don't you just go on dates? She's like, even if you don't, you know, get with one of these men permanently or for a long term thing, you'll get Vince out of your system. So while Jennifer Aniston's in denial about actually dumping Vince, she just kind of clutches closer to Paul Rudd. And then this makes Vince feel weird because he's just like, why can you talk to this guy that just moved in and you can't talk to me? And then Vince has this weird homophobic response where he's like, well, maybe he's not gay. <laughs>
0: like, uh, yeah, you like, see, he's secretly not gay. He's just playing the long game here. Yeah,
1: like he <laughs> he decided to get dumped by a man so that he could maybe fuck my girlfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so he he'll like kind of threaten Paul Rudd or make passive aggressive jokes to him where he's just like, yeah, like watch it and then Jennifer Aniston stop it he's gay but then meanwhile she's like totally doing the same thing in a different way and so Paul Rudd like is genuinely close to Jennifer Aniston but it's clear from from you know not this very beginning but after a little bit that jennifer aniston is like okay you're gonna be here in the apartment with me because at first he's supposed to live there a little while and she's like no no stay as long as you want and you're like that's wholesome and then you're like oh no, no no she's like kind of trying to make him her permanent housemate and- yeah
0: she's just like holding him hostage a little bit like because he like he was in a bad situation he was like breaking up and it's It's cool to be helpful, but it's weird to be pushy. It's like, don't go on with your life. Just stay in this weird middle space with me where we're not really dealing with anything. Yeah,
1: it's like she refuses to deal with her emotions and think about what she wants when it comes to Vince, and so therefore she kind of doesn't want Paul Rudd to really think, like, do I want to get out there and date men again? Like, date a new guy? You know, do I want to get my own place? And so she gets pregnant, and that's pretty sudden. But, I mean, during, even though she hates Vince, I kind of just assumed her and Vince had a good sex life because the movie does talk about them being in the room next to Paul and like she gets pregnant like there's a lot of implication of them having sex I'm like maybe they had a really good sex life and she just like didn't want to let go of that
0: and maybe like one day she like woke up and like really looked at his forehead and saw how gigantic it was <laughs> I know I mean that he's like ugly yeah I'm just saying that like I don't know if I woke up and I saw that forehead I would be a little unsettled oh my god he's married
1: oh my god wait what he's
0: married to Buffy's mom from Buffy the Vampire
1: Slayer okay I love that <laughs> I love that for him aww that's you, really cute you.
0: I, I feel like that means that, like, also in real life, he puts he puts down the dick. He puts, he, it, he down. puts it down. I mean, I
1: think, Good again, like, even though his character is supposed to be, I feel like the movie wants us to understand why she doesn't want to be with him, and I do understand why she doesn't want to be with him, but I also think that she's just as guilty as he is in the relationship because she doesn't communicate anything. Um, so, yeah, she she gets pregnant, and instead of immediately telling Vince and being like, what? you know, do you want to raise a child with me? Or like, I don't want to raise a child with you. She instead goes to fucking Paul Rudd and she's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, Oh, okay. And she's like, I'm keeping the baby. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be like an uncle. And she's like, no, what if you just stayed in the house and raised the child with me? And he's like, he does have the appropriate reaction. He's like, um, what are you talking about? Isn't Vince like Vince is the father. And he's, he even straight up says, I don't want to be married to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which I was glad he said that because she's acting fu- like what the fuck are you talking about? If this was something you both had talked about before, like he's talked a lot about wanting to be a dad and maybe doing it like raising a child with a friend. But he never we've never heard him say that the whole movie.
0: Yeah, no, he really like and this isn't. And I want to be clear, like there's nothing wrong with two people who are not sexually attracted to each other, making the decision to live together and raise a child but the problem is oh yeah for is sure that Paul Rudd never wanted that yes. and also I don't really think that Jennifer Aniston wants it either I think that she's just really afraid to be alone
1: I think that's the thing is like obviously like there are arrangements like this that are wonderful like there's plenty of people who are co-parenting or they're in an ace relationship or they have a friendship and they want to raise a kid like there's that's I think that's wonderful and there's so many ways to to build a family but this is so chaotic because it's clear that she's trying to turn paul red into basically a vince replacement because she doesn't really know what to move on to
0: yeah and it's like but 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 girl like yeah it's it's 1998 y'all are both super young obviously Paul Rudd wants to fuck and go back out there and he doesn't want to fuck you. So there's, there's a ceiling to all this that she just refuses to look at.
1: Yeah. And when he's like, I don't want to marry you. She's like, well, no, I mean like we'll make our own rules, but you know, Paul Rudd is smart enough in that moment to be like, to kind of sense like, well, we spend most of our time together already. So like, how would I even have time, you know, for my own love life And And so they they basically kind of get in like a friend fight and it's clear that he's not down and she doesn't really bring it up again. And then there's this like, basically like this apartment hangout where like Alice and Janney is there, Alan Alda, uh, Vince, and they're like eating a bunch of food and Jennifer Anderson's super stressed and she hasn't told any of the rest of them that she's pregnant and she's just giving off really weird energy and they can all kind of sense it. And then... She goes to pick up something heavy and Paul Rudd's like, oh, you shouldn't pick things up in your state. And then everyone's like, what state? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. Which, I mean, is fair because, like, if you're with this guy, you're you're fucking him. But you know that you don't want to be with him? It is kind of weird (laughs) to, like... I mean, I feel like if I'm, like, okay, I want my way out of this relationship, but I want a few, like, I want a few fucks left, I'm definitely going to, like, make sure that protection is involved so that I can enjoy this sex and then get the fuck out of it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, like obviously I know any contraceptive method has like breakthroughs, you know, but I was like, I would have plan B. I would have, you know, I would, if I was as miserable as she was with her access that she has, I mean, she's a social worker. She obviously knows where to get condoms and knows where to get birth control. She gives them to one of her teens. (laughs) Um, like and i mean i do understand she's kind of in this crossroads where she wants to have a kid so she doesn't want to get an abortion because she knows she wants one um and you never know when you'll really be able to get pregnant but yeah like you said it's a very weird situation for her to then basically be like hey vince i'm pregnant also fuck off <laughs> um because he really loves her like he's really not doing anything that's objectively wrong they're just not a good match
0: yeah yeah it's she's- so mean
1: she's so mean that's the thing is like i would understand the traits of his that bug her if she wasn't like kind of worse in the relationship so so Vincent responds and this is in front of everyone right he responds by immediately getting all macho and being like you fucked her didn't you and paul rudd's like i'm gay and i feel like because paul rudd doesn't really have chemistry with any of the men he's supposed to be into in this movie it's like almost like he has to say I'm gay to remind us.
0: Oh, he's constantly <laughs> reminding us that he's gay and the movie is constantly reminding us that he's gay because, you know, he doesn't he doesn't come off as gay and it's very hard to explain why because it's like he's got a little, you know, he could be like a cute little twink, but he's
1: not. He just seems just really straight. He seems really uncomfortable. And it's weird because at first I was like, well, what does it say that I'm, I think that he doesn't seem gay, you know, because obviously gay doesn't look or seem one way. So I was like, well, he's just not like any kind of stereotype. But then I was like, no, but he also just doesn't have any chemistry with any of the men. So it's not just that Paul Rudd is playing a man who people might assume is straight in real life. It's like, no, he just feels straight. (laughs) Yeah. He really does. He does. And so, and so it makes it more complicated with this, Whole plot where Jennifer Anderson is like in love with him, but kind of won't admit it, and so Vince freaks out and is like, "You slept with her." And Paul Rudd's like, "No, I'm gay." But then, of course, later that day, Jennifer Anderson's like, "I don't want to raise the baby with you, Vince. I want to raise it with Paul Rudd." <laughs> I'm like, "No, what the fuck?" And she <laughs> <laughs> she literally dumps Vince in front of Paul Rudd, and then Paul Rudd, I, Vince and Paul Rudd almost fight again. And I'm like, "Why are you bringing this gay man into your hetero drama? This is bullshit." <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I also, like, he... I feel like Paul Rudd just, like, butches up a little bit in that scene. Where he's just, like, yeah. Like, he's, like, trying on, like, the skin of a husband real quick. He's just like, you know what? Like, we're gonna be a family. Like, this is gonna... And it's just like, but you... You you don't even believe what you're talking about. And
1: it's weird because it's like Paul Rudd changes his mind about being okay with raising a family just because him and Jennifer Aniston hang out less for a few weeks. That's it. Like, they hang out less, and he meets up with his brother. Yeah,
0: his brother is played by Steve Zahn. We didn't even mention him. Oh, that's
1: so true. Yeah, Steve <laughs> Zahn's great Smooth operator in this. Steve Zahn. He's great in this movie. He meets up with his brother and is, like, talking nonstop about Jennifer Anderson, how he feels kind of bad for saying no. And Steve Zahn's like, dude, what the fuck is this friendship? <laughs> Which, you know, valid. So Paul Rudd just kind of changes his mind without really mapping out what it would mean. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll be a dad with you.
0: (laughs) And And it's just clear he just doesn't know. He doesn't know what he wants to do. And instead of her, you know, like being supportive and trying to, like, help him figure it out. she's just like, oh, you don't know what to do? Then why don't you just become an aspect of my life? Let me own you, gay man.
1: But I won't admit it, so I'll make you feel crazy if you say anything about it, but also I'm gonna be livid at you for having any kind of a life.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so, like, um, yes. they decide they're gonna raise this baby, and then they, like, go to the... A baby store, you know, the baby store, the
0: baby store, <laughs> yeah. the, the store where you purchase babies.
1: Also, can we talk about like, I mean, I guess there's not much to say, but I, one of the funny parts of this movie is that she's pregnant. And I feel like the movie did not decide how to sequence things. So like in one shot, she's like not visible at all. And then like the next scene, she's like nine months But the way that time is in this movie, I feel like it doesn't line up with the pregnancy, which is fine. It's a nitpicky thing for me to notice. But I did think it was funny that there's no gradual and there's no time lapse. It's just like now you can see that she's pregnant.
0: No. Yeah. It's so weird how little the film is invested in the pregnancy itself because everybody's just kind of dealing with Jennifer Aniston being, like, emotionally volatile, especially in the third act. The thing about this movie is that, like, you know, it's not a romantic comedy in the sense that it's not about two people falling in love with each other, but it's also not a romantic comedy in the sense that, like, this movie is actually really depressing because it's just this woman... Who is so desperate to, like, like avoid spending time with herself that she just, like, whips herself into this frenzy where she's just, like, constantly crying and constantly freaking out. And, like, clutching at him. And I knew that, like, she's pregnant. But it just all becomes... It just seems so stressful. Like, every single time, like, I just felt so stressed out for Paul Rudd. Because that's so much responsibility that he didn't ask for. He just needed a place to live.
1: And honestly, even if he was her husband and they were attracted and it was, like, a relationship that they both had pursued the way that she wasn't able to communicate would have affected it. So the fact that this is this whole other shebang made it really tense. So she's, you know, she's pregnant. They, they go to the baby store. He runs into a guy he used to hook up with. They kind of have a vibe and the guy is obviously kind of trying to figure out what his relationship to Jennifer Aniston is kind of like, okay, who is this? And Jennifer Aniston kind of gets like threatened, but I think in her head, she's like, Oh, I can't be threatened by this. So when they get home, She's like, hey, you know, who was that guy? And she's trying to find out about him. And she's like, you know, you can always invite him over. And Paul Red's like, okay, he's kind of like weirded out. He's like, why are you being so weird? And she's like, yeah, so are you can invite him over. And <laughs> Paul Rudd's just like, no, can I you, mean, can you
0: like, can you, can relax you
1: not, can you not like life. crowd me about every single. And then she's like, you know, if anything changes, you can just let me know. And he's like, I'm in this. I'm literally here. I'm literally spending every fucking hour with you. <laughs> like he's like, I am going to raise this child with you. Well, because
0: like I feel like she starts to get nervous because they do they don't have a physical relationship. And it's very clear that she's like thirsty for that. And it's like, okay, you're upset because you're not getting this thing that you knew that you weren't gonna get from this man.
1: Yeah, and then there's like this really weird moment where she basically like comes up and she's like hugging him. And then she like, they like cuddle, which like, that's fine. But then like they're talking and cuddling. And because Paul Rudd has no chemistry with any of the men in this movie, it's, it it extra confirms the way that his character doesn't feel gay because like he has more chemistry with her in this really uncomfortable moment than he does with any of the men that he has sex with or is with. Yeah. And, they end up like kissing a little and then she's like about to go down on him and he looks really uncomfortable. Like it, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's non-consensual because it's, it's, she's not forcing anything and he's kind of like confused in the moment, but it's very weird because it feels very much like she is pushing it. It
0: feels, it feels very predatory. It feels
1: coercive. Yeah. Yeah. And then the phone rings and it's actually his ex. It's Jolie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Jolie. Jolie wants him back. Jolie wants that that sweet, sweet red action. I mean, who among us? <laughs> I mean, yeah. This movie. Also, we didn't talk about how like part of the thing that like starts to give Jennifer Aniston hope is that Paul Rudd mentions having a girlfriend in high school and like oh my having, god, like, sleeping, and like sleeping with her. And she's just like, oh my god, you had a girlfriend in high school? And then he starts like talking about how beautiful she was and how great she was at dancing. And she just like the look on her face is she's just like, I'm in. And it's like, no, you're not. He just recognized he had a beautiful friend. He recognized that she was beautiful. He enjoyed time with her. And he realized that he did not want to have sex with her. And it's,
1: well I just like cracked up that okay so she's a fucking social worker in New York has she never met a gay man before like the fact that she's shocked that a gay man had sex with a woman in high school I'm like I'm sorry what like uh, I like it doesn't matter what decade this is like you are a social worker in Brooklyn you seem to be comfortable navigating different topics and yet you can't conceive of the fact that maybe he wouldn't know that he was gay or maybe he would be trying to figure it out at that time. Like I, I just yeah. thought that was like so funny that she's like, oh, okay. And and then this is where of course the fact that bi people don't exist is, you know, definitely no. something to address here because no, bisexuals
0: like, aren't real. You know, because I mean I'm not real. You're not No, real. we
1: are not real. As as two <laughs> bisexuals hosting a podcast we do not exist. No. This is actually a figment of your imagination if you're listening. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, the book was written in the 80s. This was made in the 90s. And unfortunately, if we're going to go by how people framed sexuality, this is pretty accurate. You this know, it was only, very binary. This,
0: yeah, I mean, this is only a year after Chasing Amy, which at least Chasing Amy had the decency to talk about this a little bit.
1: Yeah, to actually look at it, whereas this is like... Just like, wait, are you gay or straight? And and I don't think that Paul Rudd's character was bi, but I think that there it could have been interesting if that was actually something that was acknowledged or played with was that possibility. He does I mean, he doesn't really feel gay either. I don't know what he feels like in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I'm like, uh, he just feels uncomfortable. That's his sexuality is uncomfortable. But yeah, so that's, that's the other thing is like when they have that weird moment where they kind of kiss and she's going to go down on him and then he gets a call from his ex. I was like, so this would be a moment where bisexuality could be acknowledged because maybe he is into this, you know? Like maybe... <laughs> Like maybe he is confused. I kept
0: on waiting for it to be a thing where you realize that he does have sexual feelings for her and he's confused about it. And you know that he's trying to work through it, which would be way more compelling than what we get. Yeah. Because, you know, there are like so many issues with this movie, but a, a big one is that like Paul Rudd is like, like a chess piece in this movie. It's just everybody trying to get him to do something or whatever, but nobody like treats him like a person. And as, and as a result, he doesn't feel like a person.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like he's just this kind of nice guy that everyone's projecting on. And like when he gets, it's like the only reason he doesn't end up, Being sucked off by Jennifer Aniston in this weird way is because his ex is basically like, "Hey, come with me to this weekend where I'm going to give a lecture," and he's like, "Okay, cool, I'll do that." And so they, which sure, I mean, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) They like go away, and then Jennifer Aniston's like freaking out because she's like, "I have to be away from you for a weekend," and Alison Janney's like, "Bitch, come hang out with me," and they both are like. Separate and Paul Red's totally fine. And he like meets this gay guy that he's into, and they're like talking. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're having like a cute vibe. And Jennifer Aniston is literally sitting waiting for a call from him because he said he would call her once a day. And she's just like what sitting a
0: day, she's, Jesus Christ. She's literally girl. and literally
1: they're only gonna be apart two days. And she she's like waiting by the phone and she's had a nice place. I mean, Alice and Janney is you know loaded in this movie and so Allison Janney's like can you try to have fun <laughs> she's like can you she's like and this is where Allison Janney gets her gives her a very real talk she's like you are in love with a gay man and you are going to have to face that and Jennifer Aniston's like you don't get it you're so judgmental and Allison Janney's like no literally like what do you think is going to happen it's very obvious you're in love with him this isn't going to end well no. and Jennifer Aniston is so she just doubles down on her delusion
0: This woman, like, what this woman is going through, like, the energy from this woman, like, everything about this woman stresses me the fuck out. Yeah, me too. Like, this is, like, you're a social worker, you need to go find one of your peers or something, you gotta have some kind of connection or something, somebody that can talk to you, this is a woman that is not okay, this is not something that, like, a rom-com ending can fix, like, even though in the end she seems fine, like, I'm still, I'm still waiting in the end for somebody to mention that she, like, had found a therapist or something because, like, she's not okay. <laughs> she's no. really not okay in this movie.
1: <laughs> and sometimes I wonder because... I I wonder... I kind of wish we'd see a little more of her at work because I wonder how much of this is also her holding in stress from her workplace, like... And then just kind of not knowing how to deal with her actual feelings when she's not working. Because I mean, social work is a very emotional job. It's a job that leads a lot of people to burnout. It's a job that can really like take you for take you for a ride emotionally. And so the fact that in the scenes where she's Working, Jennifer Anderson is really emotionally intelligent, she's really emotionally available, she's able to give good advice, she's able to be a safe space. That fact contrasted with the way that she is completely living in delusion in her real life. I just I wonder. Yeah, it's like she almost used all her energy at work.
0: Yeah, it's like she she used like all of her common sense at work.
1: Yeah. It's so uh and so This one is so frustrating. It's so frustrating. She tries to get Paul Red to leave that weekend early and he he like I it's unclear because he's kind of annoyed, but it's unclear whether he decides that he'll leave early. But then she's like on her way back and her purse gets stolen and she goes to a police station and she's like, my purse was stolen, which I'm sorry, but it's such a like cartoon thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> just, just like goes to the, the, the
0: what does, my, somebody
1: took my purse. Officer,
0: what are you going to do at the police like station?
1: They're, right. Like, gonna
0: send like, a, like a you don't have a description to get your
1: purse. Also, it's not going to have your money in it by the time they get it. Anyway, so, so you just got to phrase your shit so then this nice cop drives her home you know the nice cop uh, played by Kevin Carroll Lewis is his name and he's very cute like he like gets in his normal
0: this black cop comes out of nowhere this (laughs) this
1: kind black cop comes out of nowhere and like drives her home and on the drive he's like she's like wow one of those cops was an asshole and I was like this is the whitest thing (laughs) she could ever say and he's just like yeah he's an asshole but the rest of us are sensitive and I just what (laughs)
0: <laughs> the rest of us are uh, sensitive You know whatever you Whatever you want to believe
1: Yeah Sweetheart Right like And he's like it's like her and this cop basically, well, he gets a crush on her. She's too self absolved, self absorbed Oh, oh yeah. no. to, to really notice. But like, you know, she notices that he's cute and that seems to be it. And then he like drops her off. And when Paul red is like sitting on the steps and she goes up to him and like gives him a hug. And then you see that Lewis, the cop is like, Oh, okay. Huh? Shit's complicated for this woman. Cause they've been talking about their lives. So he kind of knows that she's pregnant and that she's single. You know, and I, I think he was gonna try to come in with her, and then he sees Paul Rudd, so this is another moment in the movie where we are we see that their their unboundaried relationship is a cock block for both of them,
0: yeah, yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, Alan Alda just having the best time. I love it when Alan Alda just surfing through this movie, like,, mm, there's some stuff going on, has nothing to do with me. I'm rich. I'm having a good time. I'm kind of hitting on Jennifer Aniston, but it's okay because I'm Alan Alda.
1: I mean, Alan Alda is serving us so many just good vibes.
0: He's just he's just got like hot like laid back old professor like smoking weed with you <laughs> old professor like, He's so
1: charming in this that at one point he tells Jennifer Aniston that if she wasn't Alice and Janney's stepsister he would totally have an affair with her and that's obviously an objectively creepy thing to say to your sister-in-law but somehow I was like oh that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah he can get away with that. Oh
0: my god yeah <laughs> him and Alice Janney like they're the two people that you put in a movie like this when it's just like this is, this is, we we need to lighten this up a little bit. Exactly. We need to do our magic.
1: So things start getting really dark in the movie when, when Paul Rudd, whose character's name is George, and Amo, uh, Guglielmo, who plays the guy named Paul that he's into, mm-hmm. they start actually shacking up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that guy named
1: Paul. Yeah. And, um jennifer anderson like can't handle it and she has this thanksgiving dinner with them and nigel hawthorne and nigel hawthorne is basically like roommates with the guy that paul rudd is fucking but he has a crush on him so like him and jennifer anderson are like different sides of the same thing one is this old fun gay man and one is this delusional straight woman and like nigel hawthorne is awesome i love his character because he's very much like okay well i have a crush on this younger guy he's not into me that sucks, but whatever. I'm not going to be a douchebag. You know, he's like, I'll have some wine and hang out. Whereas Jennifer Aniston is like, I will destroy everyone.
0: Oh, my God. This woman <laughs> is a She throws such
1: a fit. Basically, Paul Rudd, uh, like, Nigel Hawthorne is going to leave, and his roommate guy is like, I think I'll stay here. And so, you know, the implication is that he's going to fuck Paul Rudd. And and Nigel's like okay and he's a little sad but he's fine uh Jennifer Aniston like throws a fucking fit oh she's like God. acting like a child she's just like okay i'll just do the dishes and they're like uh what
0: well, <laughs> i mean he tells her like before like before the dinner happens he's like you know that everyone at this thanksgiving dinner is gay and that they're going to go home with each other and not you yeah the older guy <laughs> Nigel says that yeah, yeah Nigel
1: says he's so smart he's like are you okay like what's up and she's like i'm fine and then she's obviously not like nigel's like you know you keep surrounding yourself with gay men which is fine but you know if you want a partner in in this traditional way that you're not gonna find them here yeah and yeah. so she gets in a fight with paul red where paul red's like dude what the fuck like why are you freaking out And she's just like, oh, sorry, I don't want to hear you. And he's like, dude, I used to hear you and Vince. And she's like, that's different. And he's like, why? And I mean, valid question. Why is that different?
0: I mean, it's almost like you don't take his needs seriously because it's all about
1: you. There's such an entitlement and possessiveness from her character. And so, like, they get in a fight and... She throws a cu- like a glass at the door as he shuts it. I'm just it's, like, what the hell?
0: This woman needs. She needs. She needs. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This woman made me very like like I a, we like had to wait to record because I had a headache, and I almost wonder if it was because of her because I'm just like you're just watching her and then like in the end when she's just like to Paul Rudd, like do you want to be with me or not and he's just like i I want to be with Paul and she just, like, starts crying. Like, like that's not what he's been trying to tell her this entire time. Crying, like, this is news.
1: It's, it's so not weird. Like, I think this is where, like, if he was bi, it would be more compelling. Because it would be like, yeah, just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm, like, I'm still not going to be with you. But with this, it's just infuriating. Because, like, he's literally not attracted to you at all. Like, that's not an option. And... And the way that it feels like she wants him to feel bad for being into men also is really fucked up. Like, I can't imagine her having the empathy he has for her if if she befriended a woman who, like, was into her and was like, what the fuck, you're not into me? Like, she would be like, what the hell? But but Paul Rudd has so much patience for her.
0: Yeah, she's, she's so mad about this thing that she... It's like she's just waiting for him to be attracted to her. But, like, even if that was going to happen, it definitely wasn't going to happen with you pushing like, it on him.
1: I mean, she's really controlling. That's a red flag for any kind of relationship. And so, you know, this splinters. And I mean, then, and this is like near the end of the movie. So basically, like, they have to both, Paul Red has to actually allow himself to be happy. <laughs> You know, and like assert himself. And Jennifer Aniston, I guess they just decided to have Lewis be this nice cop guy to like swoop in and just be her partner arbitrarily because she runs into him again in the park and she's actually with Vince because her and Vince make up so that he can actually be in the baby's life, which I, that's good. And uh, v- again, Vince is so much more emotionally like in tune. she is like he's like hey I'm sorry I was an asshole and like he has a new girlfriend he's like I'm really sorry I know I didn't listen to you enough in our relationship I've been going to therapy and all this stuff and like I really love to be part of this baby's life and she's she's it's just so funny that she's like you could never be a dad and I'm like actually he's gonna be like the parent who's ready
0: (laughs) because he actually went to therapy and started like working on himself like
1: yeah I mean he knows how to admit when he's wrong and I feel like if there's any trait that a parent needs to have, it's it's the ability to learn and correct oneself. So they they like kind of make up as far as being co parents and then she just like gets with Lewis and we don't know anything about him except that he's single and we don't have to see him in cop outfits again, so that's nice.
0: Well, you know, you see you see, when a black person appears in your life, what really matters what really truly matters is you, not them. Oh yeah. So it really doesn't matter, like what they want or who they are. It doesn't matter.
1: I mean, his interior life. Why would why would the movie what? give him that?
0: Do black people have interior? <laughs> like
1: lives? he's so like he's so used as just this like great avatar of a nice man who's there for her when she's ready to stop being a little psycho. <laughs> Like, like, don't worry, you like he gets to be your prize for no longer abusing this gay guy. (laughs) Like, what the hell?
0: (laughs) Oh man. And I do love that like the girl, like when we get to the flash forward where everything is fine, the girl is played by one of the girls from Modern Family. It's just like
1: (laughs) Oh yes. Yeah, the fast forward, basically at the end, it's a few years later, and like Paul. Rudd is with the guy that he was hooking up with and like they're a couple and Jennifer Aniston is with Lewis and like Vince is the dad and like basically they're all friends you know basically at the end they've learned how to be friends and Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd are both in couples and I mean I don't know it's like interesting because Like we said at the beginning of the episode, this movie explores really interesting themes of the specific dynamic of, you know, falling in love with a gay man. If you're a straight woman or just a woman in general and or having this friendship where you're unable to really figure out what's healthy. Like these are interesting themes. It's just it's it's not a romantic comedy in the sense of, like you said, they don't fall in love with each other, but it is a romance and it is a comedy.
0: So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does, you know, fit into the genre. It's just the weird thing about it is that a big part of a romantic comedies is like self improvement because you're not, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you have to be your best self to date someone, but definitely, you know, when you're having trouble in relationships and when you're dealing with breakups and stuff like that, the best thing to do is to look inward and try to address the, you know, extraniating circumstances to why you feel this way, why you're reacting so emotionally to this, why you can't let something go, and there's usually something else going on. But this movie pretends that there's nothing else going on with Jennifer Aniston.
1: Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's a really astute observation of like, uh, it would hit different if it was able to admit that. Like, I am, I'm not going to lie, I am, I had fun watching this one. Yeah. Be- I mean, it's beautifully shot. Yeah. You know, it's another movie that looks like a movie, which is something we keep saying about it, 90s movies, but it's, it's true. Shot, it's
0: shot by the cinematographer of American Beauty, which yeah. you can say a lot about American Beauty, but it looks nice.
1: Yeah, it's beautifully shot it is funny. Like there's a lot of really funny exchanges. There's a lot of really smart exchanges and fun references. You know, if you're a listener who doesn't mind a New York movie, I know some people are just like, God, get me out of there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can I watch something about somewhere else? But it is like a really fun New York movie in the sense of place. And also just having a lot of characters. Yeah. It feels like New York and the characters there's a lot of really funny side characters, people I'd want to hang out with. I mean, we're not supposed to like Alice and Joni, but I like her in this movie. I think I'll, I like her in everything. I think she could t- play the worst role ever and I'd probably still defend her. So Nigel Hawthorne is fabulous. I would drink wine with his character and just like watch it all burn.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie, but it's I think it just needs to acknowledge Jennifer Anis. It, it just, she goes so far into this place and then it ties it up in a way without acknowledging. It's like, well, it's okay now because she has a partner. And I'm like, no, no, no,
0: <laughs> no, but yeah, no. You know, we needed some is,
1: acknowledgement of something deeper going on is with her. This still
0: a very bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. And little, I think that, I think
1: it would gay. have worked a little better if, if Paul Rudd, uh, I like Paul Rudd a lot, but I don't think he was the right pick for this. I don't know who I would cast instead of him, but I need someone who I believe is gay. Yeah. Like, that's pretty important for this plot. Yeah,
0: um, and I feel like I I would be remiss not to point out that there is another movie with a very similar plot that we will be covering eventually called The Next Best Thing, starring Madonna and Rupert Everett. We're obviously not going to do it now because this is request month with the whole—I always used to mix up these two because— the next best thing comes out two years later, and it's a comedy drama about two best friends one one a straight woman, the other a gay man, who decide to have a child together.
1: yeah, I haven't watched that one yet, but I know of it,
0: yeah, so I mean that's probably gonna be worse than this because it's that one's notorious for being bad, whether meanwhile, this one is just kinda considered mid. Well, so there is worse out there, but I, that doesn't
1: mean that you. Should. That's hilarious! There's I love that it's like there. a sign, like. There's worse. <laughs> don't worry. There's yeah, worse out they, there. Uh, yeah,
0: two years later, someone did it worse than this. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I have yet
1: to see. A- I think it's hard because I don't. I don't personally know of a movie that tackles this dynamic in this genre in a good way. Yeah. You know, like and that's the problem is there's not this is a very specific kind of relationship and there's, you know, more dramatic movies that I think dive into it in more nuanced ways, but for a romantic comedy, it's very hard to find an alternative. So I mean, I guess, you know, you could watch this. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, you could. I mean, it's not it's not going to hurt
0: you like you won't die, but it's like I feel like this is one of those movies where the best counterpart would probably be like something from the
1: 30s or something. You know, it just seems like... I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and admit that I don't know enough movies from the 30s to help be helpful in that way. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's where my knowledge is definitely... That's really okay.
0: I mean, you know, we usually come up with a suggestion for every episode. I think it's okay if we don't have one for one because I truly don't... I don't know, and I'm also tired. I, th-
1: I think you could just watch a movie with Gene Kelly because I feel like he... If he was in this time, he would be great to cast in this movie. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Gene Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, just, just
1: watch a Gene just, Kelly movie. Just just Gene watch Kelly. an American in Paris or something. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. If you were listening to this, we love you and thank you so much. And our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. You can find us, obviously, anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already figured that out. If you feel like leaving us a review, we love that. We are on TikTok now. If you're from TikTok, hello, we love you. Welcome. If you aren't a patron and you want to join our Patreon, we have several tiers and we have a lot of bonus episodes. We cover How I Met Your Mother, The O.C., a bunch of erotic thrillers, young adult movies. We have a lot of fun stuff. And yeah, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And
0: I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Let's dump this truck. Oh yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Let's dump this truck.